0: Welcome to the Serious Social podcast, created by the straight-talking social media experts at Immediate Future. Too many brands are the talk of social media for all the wrong reasons. In this week's episode, Katie Howell explores how to stop making cultural faux pas, why being tone deaf with your comms is inexcusable, and how to learn to read the feed. Hi, and welcome to Serious Social. So uh, it's Friday, the sun is out and we, I want to talk about something we've all done. Put our foot in our mouths, made a faux pas, said the wrong thing. Even just talking about this, I break out into sweat, remembering those moments where I spoke before I had really thought about what I was saying. In the most part, I make a fool of myself amongst friends and colleagues and family and, and bless them, they forgive me. They know I don't mean it, but it's not the same for companies. They are not so easily forgiven. A stupid move and the brand apple cart can tip over. Sure, it might not always mean the death of the company, unless, of course, you're Ratners, for those of you who are old enough to remember Ratners. Um, But the brand damage in the moment can be quite significant. If it doesn't completely implode your brand, it certainly alienates some of your audience enough to warrant a swathe of senior apologies, possibly a few heads on the block or at the very least more spend and new campaigns to kind of mitigate the mess. Whilst I'm sure uh, the Burger King International Women's Day debacle is still top of everyone's mind. It got me it got me thinking about why and how brands can go wrong. How can they not read the room or on social? How, how, how can they, How is it they don't feel the mood of the feed? I mean, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? The more I thought about it, the more I realized this last year, there have been more than a few missteps. In fact, a month doesn't go by without some brand or high-profile business or high-profile business leader hitting the headlines. So remember Dettolk? And their weird underground advert that looked like government information. It was meant to relate to all of us returning to work. But it totally misjudged the mood of Londoners who were reluctant to go back into the offices in September. One Twitter person said, "Um, thank you, Dettol, for convincing me to work from home forever. (laughs) I think we all felt that. And then we had Sports Direct when they said they intended to stay open despite the government ordering non-essential shops to close. It was really crass. I mean, they, they initially defended that position and were taken down with a, a dramatic U-turn following a backlash on social media. We've had Blackout Tuesday silencing BLM voices, along with a massive virtue signaling that got a brand or two caught out in between the COVID clumsiness and sometimes, frankly, downright exploitation, has been a soffit of misaligned political views by brands and a whole lot of movement hijacking. What, What is going on? Actually, you know, I get it. A business with purpose is getting cut through, getting the response from customers it wants, and companies under pressure to take a stand on social issues. Research by um, Accenture shows that more than half of UK customers now prefer to buy from businesses that reflect their personal values and beliefs. 55% say the ethics and authenticity of a brand drives their purchase decisions. And this proportion is steadily increasing with younger generations as 64% of those of our babies actively want UK companies to take a stand on social, cultural and political issues. They care about it. The pandemic has driven this dramatic acceleration in consumer expectations. There's a palpable desire for responsible businesses and brands, but there is also scrutiny like never before. The line is this really fine one. And marketeers are just learning which side they should be on. Because nobody wants to purposely upset customers. How can you balance your brand against consumer expectations? You don't want to do that on purpose. You don't want to be on the wrong side of that line. But you need to avoid being tone deaf. Here are some of my thoughts. Um, The first is probably the one we're seeing the most of right now which is don't sacrifice values to get attention. I know, um, we, we, we're in this fight with a massive volume of social content being splashed across feeds every minute. Getting attention is priority and shock, disgust, anger, ecstasy. In fact, any extreme emotion can often do the trick. Look at the brilliant but revolting Beans and Bix tweet. All that attention, all that reach for what? Let's be honest, it's a pretty yucky combo. But it worked. It grabbed attention. The humor, the branter, the unexpected surprise of it ensured it worked. They were in keeping with the brand. They didn't game the audience. They didn't insult our intelligence. They genuinely had fun. Since then, a few brands have tried the same technique. The moment is somewhat gone. But what you can learn is that to balance your brave idea with your company values. It shouldn't feel jarring to you. And by you, I mean beyond your marketing teams. It shouldn't not feel awkward to anyone in your business. It basically should be part of your culture. So when you feel you are being controversial for the sake of attention, and that is really your secret goal, stop. Think. Realign to your values. Don't court attention at any cost because it will cost you dearly. The next common mistake is thinking that hijacking issues of the day will make people like you. Taking a stand is often a way uh, and a quite successful way to stand out and create a brand personality. A drinks brand founder said recently, if it's going to help us get attention, we'll be as bold as we can. But he also caveated it with you need that relationship between the consumer and you as a brand to be true. Because if you're a brand with a with a history of blatant disregard for an issue, which suddenly gives way to support, people get suspicious, even more so when the company's kind of newfound stance aligns with this weird shift in in sudden shift in in public opinion, yes. Stepping into politics and being part of movements is important and can bring great rewards, especially in loyalty, but not if it doesn't represent an organisational change. We've had greenwashing and all sorts of virtue signalling. Audiences are cynical. Some of the biggest brands in the world have found themselves with egg on their face. Think Unilever and their skin lighteners coming to the fore around their BLM support. And the result, of course, is that, on social consumers will shout their views from the top of TikTok. Okay, so this all seems very straightforward so far. I mean, frankly, in my view, it's fairly commonsensical. Um, Stay true to your values. Don't chase attention at any cost. Don't jump on wagons, Think about the rationale behind it and think before you speak. But there's also some pragmatic ways in which to make sure you don't trip over. Changes that have an additional bonus of making your company better at marketing. Right. Firstly, it is diversity that is your superpower. The biggest faux pas come from teams that are so homogenous they become an echo chamber. Everyone's perspective is the same. It's hard to look at it from another point of view. But, it, but having diversity will give you that depth and insight. With a need for diversity across gender, race, age, et cetera, there is also a need for an open culture. You need to foster an environment where every voice counts, but also one where the idea doesn't get washed and rinsed so that it's just so vanilla nobody recognises it. I do wonder if campaigns like like the Dove one would have seen the light of day if it had been filtered through the eyes of women of colour. You, you know the one I mean. Um, it's the, the Facebook campaign. Um, that showed a woman peeling off her T-shirt to reveal a white woman underneath. Or even that Peloton ad, you know, the the one which really stereotyped women was frankly sexist. Um, So next is there is a real need right now to train your leaders. I mean, research by Edelman says that 92% of employees now expect their CEO to speak up on issues ranging from diversity to climate change. So, so some, yeah, some leaders really need training. <laughs> Weatherspoon's founder Tim Martin's opinions on Brexit not only stood against some of his audience, but actually drove great concerns amongst shareholders. Not all this publicity is good publicity. More recently, Gordon Beatty from Beatty Communications stepped down as chairman after some, yeah, frankly, ghastly racist remarks that he published on social. Thirdly, don't treat all channels the same. Uh, what you create for out of home, what works in the press, doesn't always translate onto social. The message for a full-page press advert can get lost when it's pushed into a thread on Twitter. After all, that's what happened to Burger King. Mind you, it wasn't the cleverest way of ways to grab attention at the time. So plan your content and your voice for every channel and treat all your social channels separately, please. Fourth thing, listen up. It sounds obvious, doesn't it? But be socially and culturally aware. And frankly, on social, there really is no excuse. The data is at your fingertips. Listen to your customers. Identify sensitive moments. See how behaviors, values and attitudes are shifting. In reality, that means being really hyper aware. It means living and breathing the social conversation. It also means not thinking about your audience in terms of generalizations like Gen X or boomers or millennials or in weird labels, which are kind of amorphous blobs like mums or teens. Think of your customers, dare I say it, as people. Uh, Fifthly, don't shoot from the hip. Tempting in a Western? Not on social. It is, it is very tempting. In fact, it's so easy to publish a post. You see something and jump straight in, and, and mostly it works. You're part of the moment. You can get in early and grab a bit of the conversation. There are so many examples that where it goes wrong, though. I mean, the, the, the most um, famous one is really probably that American pizza company that interrupted a really serious conversation about domestic violence. To sell pizza. It's why having tools like messaging architecture, clear purpose and a thought through plan help. They're essential in keeping you on track. You want to be able to craft your messages. Take time to say what you want to say. For instance, I love a joke. I mean, who doesn't? I'm terrible at telling them, by the way, (laughs) but I do love a joke. But before you hit publish, Check who's the butt of your joke. Stress kiss that copy. Share it with others. Remember, humor, like politics or global issues, is subjective. So those are my my thoughts on how to avoid being tone deaf. But I have one last point to make. In the case of some brands, being controversial is part of their brand. They want to be outrageous. and, uh, And there is actually no reason you can't be provocative. You just need to know that you will get fallout, that you may polarise opinion. Back in the day, as I grew up, it was all Benetton. But right now, for example, we have Brewdog, who often deliver really political views in a very punchy format. But it's got a highly engaged sharing community that likes to to take a stand and supports this ethos. And um, it feels like they ignore those that disagree. And this is great positioning from their perspective. But if you're going to be that brand, then you have to firmly decide that's how you're going to go ahead, not sneak out of the corners with something outrageous every now and then. I hope you found that useful. I have to say, I really enjoyed thinking about this because I am seeing a greater acceleration in in, in this kind of dash to grab attention in this need to be part of some movement and purpose. And we do need to think about it a lot more as marketeers. We'll be back next week um, on Friday with another serious social. And I have to point out, we are hiring for an insights executive. So take a look at our LinkedIn profile and you'll find we have the job advert out there. If you know anyone, we'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, have a wonderful weekend. Um, let's hope the sun shines uh, and you get out of it. <laughs> take care. See you next week. If you're after more know-how to break the social boring, subscribe now and check out the show notes for links to our website and social profiles.